When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we provide you breakthrough ideas, inspiring stories, and action steps that will help you transform your world. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I'd like to remind you that very soon we're launching a new experience called the Action Tribe Inner Circle, where every month I will invite an expert from the My 7 Chakras network to deliver a deep dive masterclass on a powerful topic. Some of the topics include uh, finding a purpose, raising your self-worth and strengthening your intuition. So if you're curious, if you're fascinated, then make sure you go to my7chakras.com forward slash wait list. Seven is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash wait list because we've got something super special in store for you. All right. So our special guest for today is an international speaker and management consultant as president of Livelihood, a management consulting firm in Santa Fe, New Mexico. He explores the deeper meaning of work and its contribution to society. The company's areas of service include strategic vision, corporate spirit, performance management, and creative leadership. Martin has worked with such organizations as the World Bank, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Southern California Edison, Virgin Records, Esso Petroleum, and London Life Insurance, helping them expand their outlook and position themselves for the future. Martin is a co-author of the New York Times business bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work with over, guess what? One million copies sold and translation in over 24 languages. And his new book, which we're gonna speak about today is called Project Heaven on Earth, All right? The three simple questions that'll help you change this world easily. So Action Tribe, please give a special round of applause for our guest for today, Martin Root. So Martin, are you ready to inspire? I'm ready to inspire AJ. That was a great introduction. I'm inspired by you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And firstly, thanks a lot for writing this wonderful book, loads of inspiration and loads of stories and actionable steps as well so that people can in their own very way, uh, take those first initial steps towards a transformation. So firstly, what inspired you to write your latest book, um, Project Heaven on Earth? 
Well, I was going to do a speech uh, to a conference on spirituality and work. And I was in a room by myself, just meditating, thinking, and I thought, if every business in the world is spiritual, is that what you want? Mm -hmm. And I thought, no, because if we could transform business, and business is the power, one of the powers in the world, if we could transform business, we could transform the world. And then, AJ, this thought popped into my mind, oh, you mean heaven on earth. And my first reaction was, what? You can't say that. <laughs> you can't say heaven on earth. People will think you're crazy. Uh, but the, I thought, well, but wait a minute. I can talk to you about hell on earth, can't I? Mm -hmm. That's an acceptable conversation. The political situations, economic, refugees, disasters, et cetera, et cetera. We can talk about that. So then why can't we talk about the kind of life and, and business and work, and family and nation and world that we want? And if we had our brothers, if we had a magic wand, wouldn't we want to have heaven on earth? And so that I, I was just intrigued by that idea. It really, I, it, it caught hold of me, you know, it really caught a hold of me. And I, so I started going around asking people, what's heaven on earth for you? What's heaven on earth for you? What's heaven on earth for you? I, I didn't want to come in and say, look, AJ, this is heaven on earth and you got to buy my definition. Right. No, I really wanted to know what it was for you and what could I learn. And so the book came out of asking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, what is heaven on earth? What is heaven on earth? How do you create heaven on earth? How do you experience heaven on earth? And I just would listen and listen and listen. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the book came from. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Now, obviously, this is a paradigm shift in thinking because you said, well, we're already speaking about hell on earth and we're experiencing it. And what if we create heaven on earth? And not just that, you got that glimpse of a, all that sliver of an idea, but you went outdoors and you asked people and you got their <laughs> feedback and got their input. And so in a way, you were co-creating this magnificent idea. But before we dive into that, I'm sort of curious about your own childhood how did things get started for you because you write that you were raised in hamilton ontario right so how was your childhood uh, and how how thing how did things get started <laughs> uh, well we, we need to add one other word which is canada hamilton, for those people who don't know where hamilton, hamilton ontario, ontario canada yeah canada yes yes uh my parents were immigrants uh father from the ukraine mother from poland both jewish uh we didn't speak english at home we spoke yiddish i mean very I would say lower middle class uh, upbringing. Father worked in a fruit store, a hardware store. Mm -hmm. Hamilton, for those who don't know, is a steel city. And in those days, a lot of refugees, immigrants from Europe, you know, it was just after the war, came uh, to Hamilton because they could get a good job of physical labor. They couldn't speak English very well. Mm -hmm. And so I was brought up in that kind of, uh, of milieu. And I think the most important factor was that my mother, I, I could always remember saying, you're going to go to college. Right. What I studied was up to me, but the possibility of not going to college was never, just never entered my mind. Wow. So your mother, in fact, was an influence or a positive yeah. influence who encouraged you to go to college. And I also remember that uh, as a result of your upbringing, because of so many different cultures that you were exposed to, you spoke many languages, right? Or at least you understood many languages. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, because because my father had this fruit. And so my father was an influence too, right. in the sense that he and his brother, my uncle, uh, operated a fruit store okay. and a hardware store in the east end of Canada, which was very 
you know, lots of immigrants from lots of around the world. So my father spoke not well, but eight to 10 languages. So I was always surrounded by different languages. And so I, I have this oral, you know, I could hear, I remember once I, I met this guy and I said, oh, you're from Scotland and Spain. And he went, what, how did you know that? I, I mean, I could hear it. I yeah. could, I could hear, yeah. I can hear the sound of the language. I know generally where people are from. It's just an ability I have. So it's a way. And so what he taught me was that, that my wife says it beautifully. She says to me that I don't know the meaning of the word stranger. And, and I think that's accurate. That is, I don't know what that word means. Wonderful. That's that's a beautiful place to arrive in our uh, at the beginning of our interview, which is uh, you know uh, what is stranger, right? I mean, it's like uh, you don't need to know a language as long as you know uh, other things about the language in terms of how it sounds, and then it's wonderful that you were able to say, okay, are you from Scotland? Uh, and so it's uh, I guess recognizing that uh, even though we might be from different uh, countries, there are some similarities and there are some yeah. strings which are uh, common to all of us human beings. Uh, now, at, at a certain point beyond your childhood, you decided to start a business, right? So what inspired you at that point to start a business? I was working for the federal government in Canada in health and welfare. And I, I mean, <laughs> I saw very clearly that I was not going to go anywhere in this okay. world. I just, it wasn't for me. And um, long story short, I met a guy in Northern Michigan who was uh, recently resigned as a vice president of a hospital mm -hmm. and had put together this program, he and his partner, uh, called oh, Lifestyle Management. Sorry, yeah. And he was talking about things like responsibility and commitment and uh, setting goals beyond what you believe possible, things that I'd never heard. Mm -hmm. And I, I said to my wife, I, I got to be with this guy. So I flew down to Chicago, took his course and said, look, Bob, I, I want to take this to Canada. And mm -hmm. I quit the government and started a, a business. And AJ, I knew nothing about mm -hmm. business. I mean, nothing okay <laughs> but i knew that this is what i wanted to do i mean it's a, a real entrepreneurial story you yeah. know you, you see a vision you see a product or a service and you go mm. that and you start running toward it wow i mean it just reminds me that if you look at noah he didn't know how to build a, a, a ship but he had that vision and once you have a vision and once it's strong enough you can do whatever it takes in order to get that. So your story reminds me of, of that. Now, at a certain point, you had this. Let me, uh, let me just, what, what, one other yeah. thing, AJ, I, I yeah. just remembered this guy, Manny yeah. Bather, when I was young in business. And he was yeah. a very wealthy businessman, much older than me. And I said, Manny, I don't know anything about business. What What is this thing, business? I know I want to offer this, this can see the value. He yeah. said, all right, here's all you need to know. More money comes in yeah. than goes out. The rest you'll learn. And mm. I still remember that. That was just, oh, okay. Yeah. Simple, straight to the point, but so profound. I mean, really? these, some of these phrases that are shared maybe by mentors or advisors, a lot of things we forget, but some things we remember, right? I mean, it's uh, it's, it's, it's profound it's, and the it, more simple it, it, it is. <laughs> yes. And and he was speaking from, from, you know, from years of experience. It was distilled right. wisdom. And he right. just went pop. And that was it. Right, right, right. Got it. And, and uh, um, you know, moving on at a certain point in your life, you had this deeply spiritual experience and you realized that you wanted to, like you've alluded 
earlier in this interview that you wanted to bring spirituality into business. So firstly, talk to us about uh, that experience. Where were you and, and what was happening in your life at that point? Uh, AJ, you just broke up a little. You mean the, the spiritual experience I had? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the point in your life where you had this epiphany or this realization that you, in fact, had to introduce spirituality into business. And yeah. so my question is, you know, where were you at that point and, and what was happening in your life? Um, this was at the end of my time working in uh, for the federal government in okay. Canada and, yeah. and having met Bob. And I was... Um, no, no, I'm sorry. No, I'd already been running my business. Okay. That's right. I had come back from uh, Hong Kong where I'd spoken twice over the last couple of years. And I'd been speaking at Harvard at the business school on vision and things were really going great. And then I went into this funk and it was like, you know, two pieces of wood just went and mm. I didn't know why it wasn't the marriage. It wasn't my, my wife. I, everything was good in my life. So I didn't understand why. Mm -hmm. And I ended up at a, a Augustinian monastery north of Toronto and had this very profound experience, which was, it's about God. And this two little pieces of wood went click. So I came back to Toronto and said to people, I want to talk about spirituality and work. Now, this mm -hmm. was in the late 80s. Yeah, absolutely not. You can't talk about that. People will think, <laughs> you know, you're trying to shove up you're proselytizing. This is spirituality. I'm going to shove this down your throat. Yeah. Everybody in Toronto said that to me, clients, okay. colleagues. Um, and then I went to Los Angeles and I met with a whole bunch of friends there, Jack Canfield, one of them, all of whom said, yeah, go for it. Mm. And that's when the little light went on. It's about my fear about speaking about spirituality and work. So I came back to Toronto and, and started working on it and, and discovered that, the fear that people have about spirituality and work is that I have the answer and I'm going to proselytize, shove this mm -hmm. answer down your throat, which wasn't true for me, but right. it was there over and over and over. And the idea that popped into my head one day very clearly was, what if spirituality is an inquiry, an ongoing oh, question right. rather than an answer? And as business people, we know what an inquiry is. So the inquiry we're in every day is, how do I make my business more successful? Right. Well, what what if if you choose, you, you just don't have to do this. What if you chose to also have an inquiry in your life called what is spirituality for at work for me and and how do I and once people saw that I was interested in how they saw it mm -hmm. and, and in making this conversation about spirituality work permissible, then we were off to the races. I and literally I helped uh catalyze conferences around the world. We set up a Center for Spirituality and the Workplace at the Sobe School of Business in Halifax, mm -hmm. the first in Canada. And so it was all about getting this permission to have this conversation in the world. And it's the same thing about heaven on earth, is mm. having permission to talk about heaven on earth. And we'll go more into that, I'm, I'm sure, but that that was the genesis struck a point over here because through my conversations with people in my own group i've realized that people deep down they have this uh, yearning to find the truth uh, truth about uh, the meaning on on of their existence what is their purpose yeah. and more importantly what happens after this so they want to go on this quest but like you pointed out they don't want somebody to tell them that this is the truth or this is how it is or you you have to follow this and so what you did in effect was create a environment or asked the right questions so that they themselves could go on this wonderful quest of spirituality 
in the context of business because i think i think biz, uh, entrepreneurs are the most spiritual people who are able to manifest an idea from nothing to something and create these inventions and in companies so uh, that's wonderful that you took the step and obviously you were encouraged by your fellow uh, conscious entrepreneurs like jack canfield and people that you associated with who allowed you or inspired you to take that next step uh, so thanks a lot for sharing now a large Thank part you. of what you do at least these days is help organizations and people discover their stories and their narrative right and and with this book you, you want to now do things on a larger scale and help people collectively really identify what their story is and then make changes to shift their story so talk to us a bit about the power of story and and how it can really help transform this world yeah, that's a, a very profound question, AJ. Um, so what you also said in your introduction is that I was the co-author of the New York Times business bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul yep. at Work, which is a book of 101 stories mm -hmm. about work. And we would go and we would do these storytelling sessions in the workplace. We'd tell some stories from the, from the book. And then I would ask people in the audience, tell me your stories. What, what do you value in your workplace? Mm -hmm. And so I began to see that stories are a way to store values. You know, if I say to you, um, AJ, you know, you need to be honest. You need to be honest. Okay. But if I say, AJ, let me tell you a story. Right. The moment I say those words, you're, oh, okay, Martin. And then the story has something about honesty in it. Yeah. It's more open to it. And mm -hmm. so when I started looking at the notion of heaven on earth, what I saw, go back, say, five or ten years, AJ, and you would hear language like, the current story is not working. The current story is not working. We need a new story. We need a new story. But yeah. nobody named that story. So if I said to you, AJ, our relationship is not working. It's not working. It's not working. After a while, neither of us would be interested. But if I said, AJ, our relationship isn't working. We need a new story. And here's the name of the new story. What if our right. of, of the story of our relationship is heaven on earth? Mm -hmm. And you accepted that. Now we've got something. So mm. what I was after in the sense of the story was I have named, it's my offering, mm -hmm. naming this new story, Project Heaven on Earth, right. that we are, if you choose, aligning to co-create this new story of what it means to be a human mm -hmm. and what it means to be humanity, namely heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. I mean, I think a story is really powerful. Uh, and I love the example that you give, uh, in fact, uh, saying something versus uh, telling a story and then sort of like a moral, it hits, uh, you know, it, it, it's more impactful, it's more influencing. And as soon as you say, let me tell you a story, I was auto automatically leaning in. And I think we exactly. as humans are, you know, uh, evolved to absorb information through stories because we tend to not forget stories as easily as esoteric or abstract information. And uh, naming the so story, so I love me, it. Let me add one more other point to that, which is... yeah. What we have forgotten, I think, and what I and other people are, are starting to do now is to say, yeah. we can co-create the new story. So then the question is, so how do you create a new story? Yeah. And the answer is by declaration, by saying so. In the early days, people would say, well, how could you say our new stories have it on earth? Because I'm saying it, because I'm declaring it, mm. because I'm giving my word about this and asking you, again, if you choose, to also make that your story. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And, and, and diving a bit deeper, 
what according to you is heaven on earth and and how can our listeners also understand what what really heaven means for them if you can elaborate on that a bit i will and i'm going to elaborate in a way that's not going to answer your question the way you asked me sure sure <laughs> i don't want to give you because then you'll either agree or disagree with me rather mm-hmm. what i would like to do is to have you give your answer so if you're willing aj we didn't set this up beforehand but sure there's three the, the basis of my book project heaven on earth yep. is three questions yep. and i'd like to ask, ask you with permission these three questions and have sure. your listeners and viewers answer the same question so can we jump yep. in here to do this? Yep. all right aj recall a time recall a time mm-hmm. when you experienced heaven on earth what was mm-hmm. going on well the last time i um, i mean i recognize multiple instances of heaven on earth but one thing and in fact it's so uh, coincidental that i've been writing a lot these days in the morning what what brings me joy what brings me happiness but one thing for sure that it, to me is heaven on earth is where i can sit across with family and people in my community maybe on a table and just have good food and have great conversation and make an environment where everyone gets an equal opportunity to express what ideas thoughts stories they have so that for me is one version of heaven on earth now this interview is heaven on earth but what would be even better if i could sit across you in person have coffee or tea and then no 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 have, that have indian food indian, indian food. food indian food and you get wonderful indian food in vancouver so so that would be ideal my heaven on earth to answer your question all right so and you you uh you can bring to mind a time when you've done that Yes. Okay. That, good. Second question. Okay. Yeah. Imagine let me just pick over here for a second. Imagine yeah. you have a magic wand. Mhm. And by waving this wand, yeah, you can have heaven on earth. Mhm. What's heaven on earth for you? Heaven on earth would be to a find a yoga studio or maybe a healing center. and along the same lines invite people who are of similar minds or similar belief systems or people who want to share a story or idea and just sit around and engage in conversation or facilitate a conversation where again i think i need to stress the point allow everyone an opportunity to speak but because what tends to happen sometimes in a group environment there are 3 to 4 people speaking and dominating the conversation and that to me is not heaven on earth to me heaven on earth is where everyone gets an opportunity to speak i just crave such experiences from the soul level to just be amongst uh, such energy very so clear that what i would do with a magic wand yeah. <laughs> and the third question Mm-hmm. what simple easy concrete step will you take in the next 24 hours to move that forward uh one step i could do is um reach out to three to four friends of mine and just have a informal uh evening to just to just talk very clear so will yeah. you do that i'm writing it down now what you said is what thing i could do and so i wanted to know will you do that i will do it yeah within the next 24 hours yes all right so let's go through these questions cuz you'll see the structure here okay. so question number 1 recall time you know sitting uh, at a table with friends with family sharing mm-hmm. everyone getting a sense of of speaking being heard 
that was your answer. Now, what you didn't do, AJ, mm -hmm. you didn't say when Martin would have it on Earth. What's in interesting to me, AJ, is that people simply answer that question. But mm -hmm. how could you answer that question if, without knowing what I'm talking about? It's because mm -hmm. there's what I call an already knowing within you mm -hmm. that knows what heaven on earth is. And when I ask you that question, you go and you look, you scan your life and you go, oh, the time when I, and then you answer the question. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Two, the purpose of the magic wand is to remove the necessity of having to know how you're going to get it. Right. And if you don't have to know how, yeah. boom, you went right to it. Mm -hmm. The yoga studio, the sitting around, the talking, everybody gets a chance to talk and be heard. Yeah. And then we're not just going to leave it at that. We're actually going to make it happen. Yeah. How? Within 24 hours, you will reach out to three, a minimum of three friends mm -hmm. and invite them to, to begin to do that. That's the fact. Let's call that the founding of your center. Yeah. And then that becomes your contribution, a contribution by you to have to, to creating heaven on earth. Got it. That, that's a really, really um, good idea because it has the action part of it. It has the visualization part of it. And it's also allowing you to drop, look back into your memories because like you said, there's always this knowing within you, uh, which I think is powerful. Now, you also write in your book about certain roadblocks or obstacles or uh, challenges that tend to manifest whenever we embark on this project of our dreams. So what is the purpose of these roadblocks and, and how do we approach them? So what I've learned from my consulting over years with people in their vision is that the bigger the vision, yeah. the bigger the roadblocks. Mm. And so not always, but generally. And so what people tend to do is make a smaller vision so they don't have to engage with a larger roadblock. Mm. But what I'm saying to you is, no, we want these larger visions, uh, these larger visions, yes, mm. and roadblocks to emerge. Things like, I believe I can do it. We've never had heaven on this before. Who am I to do it? I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm yeah. black, white, whatever. You know, it's Tuesday. Whatever reason you can come up with, um, mm -hmm. it, it's sacrilegious. It's uh, only God can create heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. Whatever, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole chapter in the book about all of these, what I call misbeliefs. And the reason they're misbeliefs is if we focus on them, yeah. they become the brick, they become a brick wall. Yeah. If we focus on the vision, heaven on earth, that wall falls and becomes a brick roadway to getting there. So it's don't try to get rid of the roadblocks in the sense of I will only go for very, very small goal because then there's no road. Go, yeah. go to heaven on earth. See what your roadblocks are. Engage with them. Mm -hmm. But make the focus on heaven on earth. Mm. Got it. So what you focus on happens and I think I'm I'm really trying to embody this also because uh, I've got certain visions and certain projects that like I'd like to embark on. And you know, sometimes like you've mentioned, obstacles seem to come. But what's amazing is that the larger the vision, the larger the obstacle. But like you said, just focus on the end goal and, and just uh, keep taking action. And you also write about in your book about gateways, um, and you've encouraged your readers to choose a great gateway as their entry point into creating heaven on earth. So what are these gateways that you write about? So as I've interviewed people, hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people about what's heaven on earth for you, what's heaven on earth for you. Yeah. 
I began to see, AJ, patterns in the answers. And these patterns kept repeating, repeating, repeating. So I finally said, ah, these are the gateways into heaven on earth. So like what? Well, like inner. There are people who say the more heaven on earth in here, in me, the more it will show up in the world. So there's a whole Mm -hmm. chapter on how do you get more of that within you or get rid of the junk that's not in a way. For others, it's living a value. My wife's value is joy. As she will bring. She walks into a room. Joy is there. That's her value. Right. For other, it's re, it, it's relationship. Our relationship, AJ, is hell on earth, and I want it to be heaven on earth. Good. Right. What do I need to do to do that? Uh, another gateway is ending a suffering. For right. some people, heaven on earth is ending poverty, ending war, um, ending illiteracy. Institutions. What if the purpose? Another gateway. What if the purpose of law, government, business? Mm-hmm. was to help co-create heaven on earth. What would that institution do? Mm-hmm. And then your nation. I have a woman, hopefully she's listening now, Elizabeth in Austria, and I asked her, once, you know, for what's your heaven on earth project? And she said, oh, Austria is a heaven on earth nation. Mm-hmm. And I went, whoa, why mm-hmm. do you say that? And she said, because it's simple. So part mm-hmm. of what this is about is finding your simple. Mm-hmm. What is the simple action you can take that is simple to you yep. that you'll just take in the next 24 hours. So for you, it's phoning those minimum of three friends. Yep. Great. It's, I want you to start. Got it. And in fact, Elizabeth is watching. Uh, she had shared a comment earlier and she says, greetings from Austria to Martin. I'm not sure if she's watching. Uh, Elizabeth, if you're watching right now, please drop a comment and let us know that you're here. Good <laughs> night, Elizabeth. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> She, she, you know, I'm glad she's watching. She really opened this this doorway for me. In right. this, when I told you know we did this this uh, webinar and and I said, "What's your project?" And she said, "Austria is a heaven on earth nation." Mm. Why? Because it's simple. And I have told that story so many times. Yeah. Because it's and she's a real. She's an angel of heaven on earth. She puts it out. She's taken the book. She's taken yeah. my book. Yeah. To the president of Austria. No way. <laughs> Yes. That's amazing. What I like about your project is that it talks about something that can be huge, but it's simple as well. And there's a immediacy over there. 24 hours, take some kind of small step, action tribe. If you're listening, if you're watching, there are different ways in which you can explore or uh, take a gateway to your version of heaven on earth, whether it's your inner heaven because you recognize that the universe around you is just a mirror of what's happening inside of you, whether it's your relationships, you want to transform a relationship and make that your heaven on earth, whether it's your values, you want to recognize whatever value you really embody, whether it's joy or or happiness or integrity, uh, or maybe it's something more larger, like you want to end global suffering, promote education, um, uh, end a certain type of disease, provide more education opportunities for people. And what we are realizing over here is that 24 hours, whatever your version of heaven on earth is, you got to take some kind of some kind of action that will set the momentum for what you are going to create and manifest. So wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing, uh, Martin. Uh, Now, when it comes to clarifying one's vision, Um, you've sort of alluded to that, but I want to speak a bit more about this. You encourage people to use a magic wand because a magic wand, like you've said, it relieves you of the necessity of knowing how something will be achieved. You say you don't have to be constrained by knowing how something will get done. So talk to us about uh, 
this idea of not having to worry about the how because i can imagine some of our listeners going if i don't worry about the how how will i ever get there i've got so many things working against me my finances my relationships i don't have the right opportunity so a little bit more if you could talk to us about how not worrying about the how can actually help us get there <laughs> it's because aj people are so concerned with how especially yeah. if it's a large vision yeah so here's this large vision but i don't know how to do it because i've never done it before mm-hmm. oh well then that's the end of it or i'll only do those things that i know how to do okay if you only do those things you know how to do you'll consistently do what you know how to do i'm mm-hmm. asking you to step out and say if using the magic wand again what is it that you want what's heaven on earth for you what's your vision mm-hmm. and then say okay and now i'm clear because what is the first question how is the second question people get that mixed up they think they have to answer how first i need to know how i'm going to do it then i'll tell you what i'm going to do in the arena of vision in the arena of heaven on earth it's backwards you have mm-hmm. to answer the question what do i want and so what the magic wand exercise does is remove the necessity for having to know how and if you don't have to know how for the moment mm-hmm. yeah you jump into the what and so then the next question is okay so i now know what my vision is i know what now know what heaven on earth is for me mm-hmm. so wh- when i started this for example i yeah. had no idea how to do heaven on there was nothing i nobody knew people thought i was crazy never mind not even knowing how yeah. but all all i knew was okay here's the next tiny step the next tiny step the next tiny step okay those day after day after day after day after day momentum starts to build and, and so far what has been your most uh, inspiring or amazing heaven on on earth project that you've seen so far is there anything that could give our listeners some idea or spark that uh, interest and curiosity in our listeners yeah let me give you a couple of examples uh sure. because i think i'm just i pulled pulled some stuff out for you here to to see sure. so one is um what elizabeth is doing very simple one yep. in austria for her one is a woman in hawaii who was in hawaii uh, susan alima fryer she embedded her definition of heaven on earth at the end of every email she sends out. So she then she says at the end of every email, here's a magic wand, with it you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth for you? Mm. And then she says, for me, heaven on earth is and she answers it. Simple. Mm. Out it goes with every email. So people in Kenya who created a little you see that? Yep, yep. Little armband. So woman here, I'm in Prince Edward Island, Canada at the moment. Can you see that she created heaven on earth soap. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yeah. A woman here as well because there's a lot of people on, on Prince Edward Island who are into this. Can you see that heaven on earth tea? Oh, yeah, that's nice. I love the packaging by the way. <laughs> that's available Lady Baker tea. Mm. Um so here's okay. the same woman who did the soap created these little silver shells, pewter yeah. shells. You turn it around. Mm. Nice. That's amazing. Um more examples a, a police officer in Lubbock, Texas mm-hmm. created a 16-page manual called Heaven on Earth for Law Enforcement. A woman a woman in uh Halif- outside of Halifax, Canada. We were talking one of the sufferings in the world AJ for her was violence against women. 
Okay. She came up with this idea called Making Change, in mm -hmm. which she asked people to donate a penny a day mm -hmm. to help end violence against women. And she took that to the government of Canada, who gave them, that organization, $100,000 for each of the subsequent three years. So well, I think what overall inspires me is when people resonate with this, the ideas that pop into their mind that they do. Mm -hmm. If you go to my website, projectheavenonearth.com, on yep. stories, there's like, I think, 63 different stories of what people are doing. Surely one of those will, will inspire you. So there you go, Action Tribe. The idea over here is to personalize this experience and create your own version of heaven on earth. As we're learning, there are so many different people, whether you're creating soap or you're manufacturing tea or you're a police officer or you're somewhere in Kenya, or maybe you just want to empower women. You have that your version of uh, heaven on earth project that is waiting for you to uh, manifest and create. Uh, now, Martin, I'm curious, I mean, you accomplished so many things in your life, you've done consulting, you advised large companies, you've written, you know, so many books, and you've inspired a movement of people around the world who are now empowered, they've had that sense of possibility that change is in fact possible today. Yeah. So, so how do you go about uh, manifesting something that you really desire? Is there a routine that you engage on on a daily basis because i'm curious i, I want to get some of that um some some of that inspiration as well <laughs> um actually this idea also came from elizabeth in germany and okay. excuse me in austria she has this idea of doing a meditation every okay. day at 7 p.m creating your own meditation at 7 p.m wherever you are in the world Okay. And so the meditation that our my wife and I do at 7 p.m. at night, and more recently we started to do it in the morning or, and sometimes during the day, mm -hmm. is we say, with love and thanks, mm -hmm. we are, are, are excuse me, with love and thanks, we are experiencing heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. We are creating heaven on earth, and we are co-creating heaven on earth. So that's one thing we do. And then two years ago, I came up, with this idea that every single year I would write down at least three heaven on earth experiences. And why I love that, AJ, is because it made me look for it. Every day I had to write it down, three or more. And every so day. It's, okay. Every day. I mean, some days I'd miss a day and you know go yeah, back yeah. and write of it, course. but yeah. every day I wrote. Um, mm. And so what what's a ritual? that you can do daily that will inspire you. It could be with other people. So my wife and I do it. And when other people come to our home, here to our cottage, mm -hmm. we ask them if they'd like to be part of it as well. Um, and, and of course, I'm doing something every day, like podcasts. You know, I've done, I don't know, 90 podcasts in the last year, a little over a year, um, writing the book. You know, this is my life's purpose at this time. Well, thanks a lot for that wonderful inspiration. What is that one action step that you'd like to recommend to listeners uh, based on what you've, uh, you've shared so far? Uh, well, a couple of things. I, I, I would really invite you to buy this book. And can, by the way, can you say what the title is? Because there's something about the title that's interesting. Project Heaven on Earth. Three simple questions that will help you change the world easily. Now, there's another title. Mm -hmm. AJ, project heaven on earth. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I did that. That's amazing. Ingenious. <laughs> that came from a Richard Porter, a good friend of mine. Uh, okay. So I'm inviting you to buy three copies of the book. One for yep. you, mm-hmm. one for somebody right now in your life. Think of somebody who you know needs this. And one for somebody who's going to come into your life. You can also, it's available in my books on Amazon. Also sign up for my free course at projectheavenonearth.com. So projectheavenonearth.com online. Uh, And you'll get a seven-day course. And you'll get a free blog. We want to do marinate you in heaven on earth and, and look at it from all these different perspectives and have guest columnists come in and write about what heaven on earth is for them. Uh, this Sunday, I'll have a little girl who's, I think, 11 or 12 years old, and I interviewed her. She's both at, uh, she lives in Germany and in the U.S. She speaks German and US, uh, American, and she answers my questions, and it's, it's quite lovely. Um, so, and, oh, and I have another thing called The Case for Heaven on Earth. Mm-hmm. If you buy 20 books, yep. send me the receipt, mm-hmm. I will do a free one-hour webinar for you and your group. So that's just begun, and that's taken out. I can't believe that's. I'm happy with that. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for this episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 340. That's my, seven is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash 340. Action Tribe, if you're enjoying today's session so far, especially if you're on your iPhone, then make sure you hit subscribe because that will ensure that you don't miss out on any future episode release make sure you hit the subscribe button i like it when a flower or a little tuft of grass grows through a crack in the concrete it is so heroic now this is an amazing quote by george carlin action tribe strength isn't just intensive physical strength because usually an obstacle isn't overcome with just one attempt. It takes multiple attempts. It takes not giving up and it takes coming back again and again and again until the obstacle, well, it just gives in. So don't feel that the only one uh, people with big biceps or shoulders are strong or heroic. Like we're finding out today, even a small tuft of grass or a flower with the right approach, with the right mindset and resiliency can overcome that fierce force of concrete. So Martin, could you talk to us about one moment or one incident when you experienced a very difficult moment or uh, a challenge in your life? And what steps did you sort of take to overcome that challenge? I'll tell you the challenge most recently that I've been, I've been up against, which is what I'm calling internet addiction. Okay. So worse, worse than heroin. I, I, I like to watch the news. Yep. And uh, I have a friend of mine who announced to me recently that um, she was an alcoholic. And she talked about her addiction to alcohol in the same way as I was seeing my my, uh, addiction to the internet. And AJ, that really was like a slap, uh, it was like a punch in the gut. Mm -hmm. And since then I've really begun to turn this ship. And um, I I can see how hard it must be to, you know, if you're an addict to really like serious stuff, drugs, heroin, booze, I don't know, whatever, gambling what that does to you mm-hmm. and how it, it closes you down and doesn't allow this your soul to express itself fully in the world. So I think that's the hardest, I'd say one of the hardest things that I've been uh, grappling with. 
Well, that's uh, really true. I mean, it's uh, quite fascinating. Something that uh, looks so innocent like our phones and social media can be very addictive. And it's true. Um, I've heard that when they research these apps, especially in Silicon Valley, they're studying the mind. They're studying what yes. sort of gets us addicted. How will we get that dopamine hit, especially every time we see a notification or send that email or we sort of crave to receive uh, these notifications. And like you've pointed out, it sort of brings us down and doesn't allow us to focus on what's more meaningful in life. I myself have tried to really reduce the amount of social media that I'm doing and more creation and less consumption. But it's so true. It's so profound. And I'm sure our listeners will get uh, get some insight into what they can do to, uh, to sort of overcome this uh, internet and social media addiction. Yeah, I, I think it's an issue that's arisen in society now. When, when you hear people in Silicon Valley who work there saying, I don't allow my children to go on right. the <laughs> And you work in that business. Hello. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, so, thanks a lot for being vulnerable and, and in sharing your your challenge with us, Action Tribe. I hope you enjoyed today's session so far, and I hope that today's discussion has sparked some thoughts in your mind about uh, creating your heaven on earth project for the betterment of humanity or your own self, because we realize that the universe around us is a universe is a mirror of the universe within. It might be challenging. And there will be obstacles that you uh, run into. But if you go beyond your limited thinking and make a commitment to working collectively towards bringing your project to life, then no one can stop you. That's what we're learning today. Now, for this to happen, you will need a lot of energy, which means taking adequate rest, healing yourself, getting enough sleep, and also ensuring that you have the right amount of nutrition food, supplements, superfoods. And it also means spending more time in nature because like we're discovering, nature has the cure and nature has the answers. So make sure that you're matching your own rhythm with that of nature because just as Henry uh, David Thoreau once said, live in each season. As it passes, breathe the air, drink the drink, taste the fruit and resign yourself to the influence of the earth. So think about that for a moment. And with that, we are entering the last round for today, which is called the wisdom round, which has four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. So Martin, what is the best piece of advice that someone has ever given you? I'm thinking of a guy named Don. I forgot his last name years ago when I worked for the federal government in Canada. Uh, and he'd been in the government, he was about to retire soon, and he said, don't get stuck here. And mm -hmm. it, it was like a slap in the face, a loving slap in the face. And I think that was part of the beginning of my process of leaving the government and, and uh, going out on my own, striking out on my own. Thanks a lot for sharing. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is currently living or dead, um, who would it be? You know who I would like to spend? Well, that's a like a shot question. Uh, Moses. Okay. I would really like to talk to him about, you know, what was it like on the mountain, getting the message, coming down, hearing people not believing you, leading your people to the promised land. Um, that would be an amazing experience to, to, to be with him. Wonderful. And what is it one thing that you do in the morning or maybe um, in the evening before you sleep that has really improved the quality of your life? 
uh, I, I do the affirmation, the heaven on earth affirmation. And I used to just do it uh, at 7 p.m. at night. And now when I wake up, mm -hmm. my wife's sleeping beside me, everything's quiet. And I do that three or four times. And it's just, it sets the day up for me. I was actually looking for some ideas for evening routines because it seems like, especially these days, I've got a decent morning routine. I spend the first hour of the day, uh, 20 minutes movement, 20 minutes uh, uh, reflection, 20 minutes uh, some kind of reading. But I think your advice for that evening affirmations is something that I'm going to implement for sure. Well, well, I'll put we'll put a link. I'll send you a link to that blog so okay. people can see the exact questions that I use. Perfect. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners today, what would it be? You know, when I saw that question, I was thinking, thinking, um, I got a book, it must have been like 50 years ago, okay. called I Am That. Mm. By, do you know the book? I've heard about that, but if you could uh, elaborate. Yeah, it's by Sri Nizagarata Maharaj, I Am That. Yeah. It is, I still have not finished reading that book. It is about pure consciousness. I remember the first time I read, I think like a sentence, AJ, or two sentences, mm. and I put it away for six months. It was so strong. So that, I love reading his, it, he is about pure consciousness. So it's called I Am That and, and other books by him. Wonderful. This was actually recommended just a while back on our show. And the fact that you are saying it again means that I need to uh, definitely check out that book. Thanks a lot for sharing. Action Tribe, would you like to receive your own book for free? That's right, because audible.com is offering all our listeners, all the members of Action Tribe, one free audio book with a 30-day trial so that you can try out this new way of consuming books, which is listening to books instead of reading them. So if you'd like to try out this new service, then go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book, my7chakras.com forward slash free book, because they've got a huge library of uh, various books that will really, really inspire you so that even if you're traveling, you can just switch on your phone. I mean, press a button and start listening to these books. Now, Martin, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. It was so uh, engaging, inspiring, uh, you know, you sharing your stories, inspiring us with your wisdom and also making it very simple, palatable and actionable for all our listeners to start their own personalized um, heaven on earth projects. So thanks a lot for that. Thank you, AJ. Thanks. Great interview. Thank you. And before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and how we can find you online. You know what? I'm grateful for you because you did two things in this interview. One is you actually looked at my book, Thank you. <laughs> which may not sound like a great deal, but I, I, I won't speak about others. But you read, I mean, you, you, the questions were thought out before. Thank and you. I also felt you listening. I mean, you, you're not ready to jump to the second question immediately. You listen, reflect on that, and then that leads you to. So that's, that's a, a very rare talent. So thank you. Uh, what, what was your question? What do I like to, oh yeah, how can you find out more? Yeah. ProjectHeavenOnEarth.com, um, online, on Amazon, ProjectHeavenOnEarth.com. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, he's got the autographed copy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the lucky one. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Oops, right here. There you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
Well, I, I really appreciate it. And now that I've got those two uh, kind words from you, my day is obviously going to be great. <laughs> Action Drive, uh, we'll have the links uh, up in the show notes um, so that you can get your own copy of this book because it's not just inspiring, but it's very actionable. It's almost like a book plus a workbook. So you can, you know, jot your ideas down and and hold yourself accountable. And, and really, you know, it might seem small right now that one action that you're going to take but who knows within a couple of weeks months or even years you'll have a whole moment uh, in front of you because of this one interview that you listen to and when you do that make sure you reach out to martin and you share your story because that's going to be super inspiring if you're on instagram take a screenshot of this episode and tag me so that i can share your story with our community my handle is at my seven chakras at my seven chakras if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to our podcast on itunes and the other platforms and if you're curious about our new project action tribe inner circle visit my seven chakras.com forward slash wait list my seven chakras.com forward slash wait list martin thank you so much for coming on our show thank talking you. to us about creating heaven on earth and taking us one step closer to a human revolution thank you aj thank you for listening to my seven chakras at my seven chakras.com that is my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.